Good morning, everyone. It is so great to be with you, even if it is across the screen. Well, this past week has definitely been a challenging week, full of grief and heartache following the unjust killing of George Floyd. There's been civil unrest with buildings being burned, and not to mention we're still in this COVID-19 crisis where death and loss are all around us. In times like this, sometimes I ask myself, God, where are you? Like, why don't you step in and fix this mess already? Bring a cure for the coronavirus. Where is your justice and all of the wrongdoing that's happening in our cities? And then I hear a still quiet voice saying, I am here. I am in control. Trust me, even when the world around you is in chaos. And that truth carries me through another day. Because when darkness starts to creep in, sometimes days and weeks and months later, and those questions start to fill my mind again, I remember the truth that God is with me and he hasn't abandoned me or left me alone in the crises. In fact, he may be using me for this exact moment in time. This morning, I'd like to look at a passage in the book of Esther. And the story of Esther is really interesting because God's name is not mentioned one time. But if you look closely, you can see his hand all over the lives of his people. He was always there arranging the details. I've called this message this morning, Made for This Moment. And we're going to be looking at chapter four. But before we read, let me pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for this day. And I thank you for each person who has tuned in to receive a word from you this morning. I thank you that you see them and you know their hearts. Lord, and even though we can't be together in person, you've made, us, you've made a way for us to connect virtually, Lord. And um, I just pray that you would speak to each person that your truth and your power would just fall upon the words that you've placed on my heart to share. Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, here's a little background to the story that we're about to read. In chapters 1 through 3, we learn that the king of Persia has taken Esther as his new queen. She was beautiful, she was kind, and she was Jewish, though she didn't reveal her background to the king. She also had an uncle named Mordecai who raised her as a daughter because Esther's parents had died. And when Esther became queen, he was promoted to an office in the king's, in the king's court. The Jews had been exiled from their land about a hundred years before the story takes place. And while some Jews had returned to Jerusalem, many had not. Many had remained living in Susa, the capital of Persia. So Mordecai, he got wind of a plot to kill the king. So he told Esther about it. She told the king and Mordecai's actions were recorded in the king's chronicles. Then we're introduced to Haman, second in command to the king. Mordecai refuses to bow to him, and this, of course, makes Haman very mad. And when he finds out that Mordecai is Jewish, he enacts a decree to kill not just him, but to kill all the Jewish people living in the land, men, women, and children. So Esther and Mordecai, they come up with this plan. Esther is to go to the king and reveal her identity and plead with him to spare her people. But she tells Mordecai that just approaching the king could be a sentence to death. So let's read now in chapters four, chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. 
Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Now, if we were to continue reading, we would find out that the king, he remembered that Mordecai had saved his life earlier. So when Esther finally reveals her true identity and she tells the king how Haman has enacted this decree to kill all the Jewish people, which includes her and Mordecai, the king ends up ordering Haman to die. And a new decree is issued that ultimately saves the Jews and destroys their enemies. The book ends with celebration and joy. What a hopeful story, even though at times it seemed like all hope was gone. What an encouraging story to see justice finally served, even though at times it looked like Haman might just get away with his evil plan. But God's purposes prevailed. There was peace in the land. And if we can learn anything from Esther, it's that God's purposes and plans will be fulfilled in our lives too. A few things stand out to me in this passage. And the first is that God is always present. God is always present. Even when I may feel like he's looking away, his eyes are on us. He's watching his people. He sees what's happening in the world today. Even though sometimes we may wonder, where are you? Where are you, God? It's hard to feel God's presence sometimes or hear his voice above all the ruckus and the noise around us. In order to draw close to God and feel him near, we must dial down the noise. Notice Esther said in verse 16, fast for me. Don't eat or drink anything for three days, night or day. Fasting, a spiritual discipline usually connected to prayer, I know in, t in times of my life where I have dialed down the noise, where I've taken time to fast and to pray and to give up some things, whether it's food or social media, those times have always been so fruitful. And, and talking to God, it's just bringing me closer to the Father. And notice in the text that Esther's charge to Mordecai was to tell all the Jews in Susa to fast. It was for everyone who would be affected by the decree. And those of us who follow Jesus, we can all come to God together in times that we're currently living in. And if there's ever been a moment, right, where we've needed to hear from God and where we've needed him to bring healing to our land collectively, it's today. It's this time that we're living in. We need to draw close to the Lord and we can trust that even when he seems silent, he's there making himself known to us. Even in our fears, and our hesitations. He's faithful to meet us. He will go before us as we stand up for what's right, just like he did in the passage of Esther. 
we can trust he's there even when it, he, it seems like he may, he may not be, because listen to Psalm 139. Psalm 139, 7 through 10. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. God is always there, and he will give us the strength that we need. And in his presence, he is drawing us unto himself. And, if, and it is there that we can experience his unfailing love for us and seek his will for our lives. I'm so thankful that he's always there, even when I've turned my back on him. Are you seeking the Lord's presence today? Do you hear him calling you back? perhaps even to pray and to fast like never before. Can you see him in the crises that are taking place in our world? Well, the second, the second thing that I see in the book of Esther is that God, he's always working. God is always working. So he's not just there kind of hanging out. No, he's actively working and he's furthering his plan. And the cool thing is he's using us in the process. See, if Esther would not have gone to the king and told him about the plot to kill the Jewish people, God would have still saved his people. Mordecai believed this too when he said in verse 4, If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But Esther would have missed out in joining God in his work. God is actively working, using imperfect people like us to carry out his plan for humanity. One of my favorite attributes about God is that he, does, he has this master plan, right? To reconcile us himself through Jesus Christ. But he also is working in the details of our lives. He cares about every concern that you may have, no matter how big or how small. I love Psalm 37, 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Not only is he in the details of our lives, but he delights in them. How great is that? He takes pleasure in working things out for our good. Back in 2003, my dad, he slipped into a coma and my mom and I didn't know if or when he would ever wake up and praise God, he did nine days later but it was definitely a fearful and a dark time for sure. Well, during this crisis, I randomly won a radio contest, believe it or not. All I did was enter my name onto a computer and they drew my name. And what the prize was, was a four-year scholarship to a university. And that scholarship was good for 25 years. Little did I know that winning that scholarship during this dark time while I was processing my dad's coma was a setup that God gave me for success because six years later, I encountered a different crisis. This one was unemployment. In 2009, I couldn't find a job in journalism. I was a new mom, a church planter, the economy was in shambles, but in the stillness of rocking my son to sleep one night, I clearly remember the Holy Spirit bringing that scholarship to mind and directing me to use it to become a teacher. 
I was able to go to school. I was able to earn a master's degree, completely paid for. Even though that scholarship technically wasn't even supposed to be used for a master's degree, God made a way. So why do I share this story? Because I look back realizing in no way was that event random. God had arranged every single part, and I'm sure he took delight in doing so. Through my moments of pain and questions, God was always there. In each crisis, when I didn't know what the next day was going to hold, he did, and he could see around the corner. God successfully weaved together the good, the bad, the heartache, and the joy into a story where he gets all of the glory. And if we look at Esther's story, what appeared to be coincidental or random was really God's sovereign hand in his people's lives. Mordecai just happens to overhear an assassination plot, and then later the king remembers that he saved his life. Not an accident. Haman's plan is reversed, and his intention to kill the Jews, and that actually made them victors instead of victims. Not an accident. What part of your life seems accidental or unplanned? This pandemic, COVID-19, sure seems like it came out of nowhere, but it didn't catch God off guard. How do you see him working? How do you see him working through that? How do you see him working in your life? How is he arranging all the pieces and all of the details? How is he using you to further his plans? Well, this leads me to my third and final point. And that is that God has made you for this moment. God has made you for this moment. We were divinely placed here for this time in history. Just like Esther was placed in her position at the right moment to save her people. This year certainly hasn't unfolded like we thought it would. The coronavirus has robbed so many of us of things like our jobs, our routines, maybe our graduation or wedding ceremonies, our physical health and our mental health. It's taken a lot. It's taken us out of the church building and placed us in this virtual setting. But here we are and God is moving and God is working and he's using us in this moment. He's helping us become creative and innovative and resilient. People are coming together in many different ways and they're turning to Jesus because of it. And God's also made us for this moment following the killing of George Floyd. We see the heartache and pain that our black brothers and sisters have been telling us about. We see the sadness of business owners whose businesses have been destroyed by people looting and rioting. We see peaceful protesters who are standing up for justice without destroying anything. And we see honorable police officers and other first responders trying to do their job with integrity while being targeted sometimes. Our nation just seems so divided, so torn, but we were made for this moment. Now, how are we going to use it? God gave you a voice. What are you gonna say? Just like God did with Esther, he placed you in your unique position. Maybe you're a stay-at-home parent trying to find the right words to say to your kids about what's happening in the world. Maybe you are an essential worker and you have to go and deal with the public day in and day out. Maybe you're an Asian American who's being unfairly blamed for the COVID-19. Or an African American who's feeling deeply hurt and angered by racial injustice. 
Maybe you are white and you don't know what to say, but realize that something needs to be said. Whoever you are, how will you be used by God? We can rest in the fact that God is always with us. We can rest in the fact that God is always working, even in the details. And we have hope that no matter how bad life gets, God will do whatever it takes to redeem his people. But how will we be used in the process? Being a follower of Jesus and trusting that God is in control doesn't mean that we can just kind of sit back and do nothing. It doesn't exempt us from taking action or speaking out, if anything. If anything, it should propel us forward to be risk takers for the kingdom. We must decide how we will respond. Will we be the voice of truth in an age of misinformation? Will we commit to doing the right thing at all costs? Will we speak up for the marginalized and the oppressed? Will we help people who are in need in our own communities? Esther was, was willing to risk her own life to save her people. She said, if I perish, I perish. Are you willing to risk it all for the cause of Christ? If I lose it all, at least I have Jesus, right? Esther chose to be brave, and we too can be modern day Esthers. We can rise up and we can realize that perhaps that we are in the position that we are in for such a time as this. Let me pray. Father in heaven, we don't want to let this moment pass us by. Lord, show us how you want us to be used. I thank you that you haven't left us to figure this out on our own. Just give us wisdom and courage on what's right and um, protect us in the process, Lord. I thank you for each person who has tuned in today. Fill us with your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.